You are listening to This QPOC Life, the podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions, so please leave yours on our website, thisqpoc.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at This QPOC Life. Help us build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just look for This QPOC Life on your fave platform. Now, don't forget to check out our Patreon page because for as little as one doll hair a month, you can become a patron of This QPOC Life. You can invest in this podcast and help us to continue to create quality content by and for Q-T-P-O-C. Ooh. One doll hair? One doll hair. Look, I'm, I need to start getting doll hairs because now that I shave my head, <laughs> the edges are, are screaming right it's now. There's a girl I'm back, though. We'll see. It looked oh. like in that selfie you posted. Yeah, it was good lighting. Not overhead lighting. Not here. The the hat's yeah, overhead, not coming off. Overhead lighting is nobody's friend. <laughs> but your doll hairs looked real good this morning. Thank you. On the Twitter. Thank you. They they were literally doll hairs. <laughs> and they were glossy. Come on, gloss. And refined. Sheen, just swinging like a white but girl. But not olive sheen. Put that no. blue magic on it. <laughs> Wait, did you put blue magic on that sheen? There's some oil sheen on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not a monster. My God. There's some got to be in there as well. Excuse me. I put blue magic in my hair. That's why it looks like this. And you were complimenting it earlier. I did. I said, Jonathan, your hair looks wonderful and fuller. Yes, biotin. Okay, are you saying biotin or biotin? Biotin. What's biotin bio- what's the is the mouth spray that keeps you from getting dry mouth. Oh. Yeah. Biotin is a biological thing that's in the same- A weapon. No, it's in the same family <laughs> as keratin. Which, as we discussed earlier, is not what shellfish got. That's chitin. That's chitin. But both are equal under his eye. Yes. <laughs> I guess so. Hi, I catch everyone up. Oh, well, my God. my name is Jonathan, a.k.a. Blation FMA. You can find me everywhere on the internet on that handle. My pronouns are he, him, and his. You may call me Joe Lee. That is Joe with no E, and that is how you'll find me on the internet. And my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and Shiraz. Ooh, Shiraz. Shiraz. Um, I am a lunch lady slash philosopher, Murphy Slaw. (laughs) (laughs) Murphy Slaw. (laughs) I hate that bitch. (laughs) Oh, she's approachable. I like her. Are these just like... The drag names that you decided not to use. Things that have come to my spirit. Murphy Slaw. Murphy (laughs) comes to my mind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She belongs in the trash. (laughs) That's probably her. She's the cousin of the (laughs) God Warrior. (laughs) Murphy Slaw is the God Warrior. Um, uh, She asks all the questions. (laughs) (laughs) She serves the lunch uh, at Zachary Harris. And this is... This Cupac Life! This Cupac Life! This Cupac Life! This Q-Pac Life. This Q-Pac Life.
like every time Aretha's about to sing, she'll mm, Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Into the mic. <laughs> Patty too. Oh my gosh. Well, we wanted to wish everybody out there, our listeners, a happy Women's History Month. Hey! Men are trash. That was, that was... You know you'll get uh, thrown in Facebook jail for typing that. I know. I also said that I called a white woman a white devil once, and then uh, it got reported. On on, on <laughs> International Women's Day? No, this was before. No, that was when I got in a fight with a white woman that looked like... Uh, and I was like... You should be happy because you look like Lady Gaga over here with a golden globe. So stop being so mad on the train, racist. <laughs> I called her a white devil in the post got auto, auto flag. Did y'all see, um, I thought it was awesome. Google um, did a, a video dedicated to, oh. like they called it dedicated to black girl magic. And like the one faux pas is that they didn't give credit to the girl who created, well, the woman who created. Yeah, Kashawn Thompson. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Uh, but I went to blackgirlmagic.com and looked up your, for an about page, Kashawn, and like, I know her because I followed her for years mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. We follow each other and she lives in D.C. I know that much. And she created the hashtag black girl magic or if you've ever said black girls are magic or just that phrase she Mm -hmm. came up with that and she's been saying it for years on social media before social media was even social media Mm -hmm. and like that movement has taken the fuck off I think everybody has said it Uh, it's on BET has -hmm. Michelle Obama said it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's funny because it's like at, at first people were like girl you can't like coin that that's not yours it's it's a universal thing but then you look at things like uh april uh, is her name rain april rain uh oscar so white Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how that took off she just went to the um academy awards by invite to kind for white people to be like look Mm -hmm. we got a negro here and all these (laughs) black people are gonna win this year so like, so like, give credit where it's due. Give acknowledge Kashawn Thompson. Know her. That's all I have to say we about got that. We got it. Also, when Rue said, "You may not have known, but I was on set. I was incognito." I immediately thought of Carlos. Last night's episode was so problematic, but that's that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, it was. We'll talk about that. Oh my god. Um, what are other announcements, Jonathan? Because well, I know other things are important. There are other things going on, including the fact that we are running for the Brooklyn Free Speech Awards for best podcast. Run away and fan Here. favorite. Come on, fan favorite. Fan favorite. Here at Brick. They have an annual awards show type thing. It gets recorded and put on YouTube. So <gasps> called the Be Free the Awards. The Be Free Awards. And so what's there a ceremony? There's a there ceremony. Sure we dress up. We're invited because we're nominated, so we're going we have to go. So um, when, when is it? It's like April. Oh shit. It's like okay. April 6th or something like that. Anyway, I don't know what the deadline is, but you'll hear this before the deadline, unless you're like have just discovered us and are going back through the catalog. Anyway, um, so check out the website. Check out uh, the Twitter for more information on how to vote for us. You have to have a SoundCloud uh, account to do it because you have to like our particular post. Mm. Um, and then finally, I want to announce that it really doesn't matter because y'all don't really expect much from us anyway. It's not like we're a hmm. regular weekly podcast, but we did want to put it out there that we are going to be out for the next two weeks because the PAO is we're coming up upon, you know, we have three major productions a year. And here is the second out of the third of this season. So 
we're going away to places with the PAO and we're going to be doing the next weekend we're going to be doing three whole concerts productions and so if you're in the New York City area you should check it out check any one of our social media out and you'll know what the group is probably know what the group is already anyway so those are the announcements please govern <laughs> yourselves accordingly <laughs> that's such black church you didn't know it I hate Insert you. organ music. And please do not run on CPT. What, Solange? Oh, oh we'll the... get to her. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, yes. So this week in self-care slash how you doing. It's check-in time. It's Wait, check, chicken time. It's check-in time. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> okay, well, let's check in. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> Chicken time. I don't understand. Here's my self care. I don't understand why so many of my friends keep going to this chicken nugget place, but I've never been invited. I've only I've gone never... twice. Oh, it was spontaneous. It was. Very I would spontaneous. The first time, them. what was it? It was me, you, and Peter. Yes. And someone else. I want some. Are they no. good? It was me, you, and Peter, and it was what? What Where were we it? doing? What is, you were we, auditioning? Oh yeah, yes. we were solo. Okay. What, After solo what audition. place is this? Where is? Oh, it? it's so good. Because first of all, Peter, shout out to Peter. Uh, uh, oh, follow, posted. Uh, follow Peter on Instagram. Ether, Ether Spark. Spark. Ether Sparks. Such Very good great art. art. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Almost he's better than Zachary's. <gasps> well, um, he's my daughter, and I brought him into this world. Well, you know what they say in the Bible. You want the child to surpass the parent. I don't know if it says that in the Bible. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, which verse? You can find that? that in the Bible. <laughs> Genesis. In the book of 84? Skullduggery. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, the nugget spy, right? The nugget, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter posted a, a Facebook, you know, one of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about living in New York. It's just they post great. Mm. You know, we, we have the food. We have everything uh, we need. We has the food. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, we went, we went to the nugget spot. I At first, I wanted to go to Boca, and I was feeling kind of in my spirit about it but then i was I and then you bit into that chicken. i bit into that nugget <laughs> Jeez, it's like the pearly gates and then i went back <laughs> i went back the other night but this is your self-care oh not mine. yeah no so, real quick though yeah i had the truffle nugs uh -huh. oh my god like See, they they cooked it with a little truffle oil and a truffle aioli. We'll go, Zach. because i'm going but, back but if i'm already up there i would i just want to it's go to by Charlie your B. job it's on the east side. It's literally on Where? 14th Street. 14th? Yeah. I thought it was up on uh, Times Square. No? It's like 14th and 2nd. 14th Avenue. and second. That's right there. Exactly. You could just okay, walk down there. Okay, let's go. Is that where you got assaulted by that man with the ice cream? Uh, in was that Union today? Square. No, that, that was two years ago. But it oh, still happened shit. on International Women's Day, which was so Damn. weird. And you, so Facebook told me like- This is a full circle moment. You had you had the right response. You're like, I don't take offense to that. That's not a problem. Oh, no, for sure. And I didn't even realize I was being recorded until like halfway through that edited thing that he posted. And then, uh, so people have been messaging me about this. I'm going to say it out here, out of the DMs. That guy- uh, it, so you'll if you go to my Twitter and you look at the video that I posted today on uh, 3-8, March 8, uh, for International Women's Day, and I talk about how we need to stand up to misogynistic bullshit and all this stuff. So basically, long story short, this guy like says, you lick that ice cream like a girl. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... No offense, bro. No offense. And I'm like, excuse me? I don't think it's like uh, an insult for someone to lick ice cream like a girl. And he's like, well, of course you're not offended because I said no offense. So his whole thing was like, no offense makes whatever fucked up shit he says because he says a whole bunch of stuff to a whole bunch of people in the video. Anyway, he really tried to cover his tracks over the last two years because he shut that channel down mm. and he's trying to come back up 
in some other way. He realized that he was problematic, blah, 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 blah. But y'all out here, especially the youth, don't just be on social media and on video and on YouTube just doing crazy shit and on TikTok doing dumb ass shit for the likes and the Only clicks fans. and the subscribes. No, don't. <laughs> anyway, one day. This is your time. Oh, that's my time. One um, day Logan Paul is going to look dry and crusty and his fans well, probably. will be nowhere. Yeah, I'm great. How are you, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, maybe that'll count as mine because I talked so much during yours. No, um, I'm I'm okay. I'm really tired. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are you I'm doing to really, rectify that? I'm just really tired. We talked about this last week. All, like All my life. I had to. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just As the very white tired. correspondent of our thing. <laughs> right. I really like how you said that you you let people know this morning that you are. Yeah, because, you know, I I do talk about a lot of, like, well, these racial issues. you are issues. what? That I am not fully white. Right. You, you said so on the national airwaves and of I, the interview. I did. I said, America, I may look like an approachable, reputable female slash journalist but in reality a white female slash journalist but in reality i'm not fully white and i think i think that um because i i i am talking about a lot of these dynamics and issues i'm coming at it from a place where it's like i know the white mindset and i know what they do i've been in the i've been at the table i am still at the table um but it's scary for the white people because i don't report to them right but the thing is they'll say things in your company they thinking will. that you're in good company they do all the time uh, i'm sorry they think that they're in good company yes that yep they think that it's it's between uh white people between two hoods and in reality um i come from a different hood so you're not wearing one seven mile right Oh no! See, I see what just happened there. You were talking versus, about neighborhoods at, versus, and Jolie Klansman was talking hood. about Klansman hoods. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, it's well, a, you know, it's like from one hood to another. From one hood, full year, <laughs> from one hood to another. Yes. So, Jojo, how have you been? Um, I've been. Well, this week, I um, I want to start by saying this, y'all. When you're in a bad headspace, reach out. I know it's it's difficult to do, but do it. Um. Mm. Monday night, like, so after being sick for so long, my finances are in sort of, were in disarray. And I just barely managed to get the rent in on time, but I got the rent in. But you did it. But I did it. <laughs> so was literally living off of like $5 in my I've bank been there. account. I've been there. All week. Mm-hmm. And um, my sister is uh, very kind and lends me her, her unlimited Metro card. Mm. When she like when she gets home and she's not going out, she'll lend it to me so I can go do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and not have to worry about. Um, I know families that run on that entire system. Mm-hmm. It's one it's, metro card. It's really intense. Sometimes you have to. You got to yeah. walk someone to the station and then hand it back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you get home? Oh, anyway, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. <laughs> mm. um, so um, Monday night after rehearsal, I was coming home and then I I got home and realized that I lost her metro card. Oh no. Oh, no. And so it it's like it something it's not a huge thing, right? But it was something small and it just When you only like, got $5, yeah, it's a lot it of is, things. It is. A but, metro card for everybody that's not in New York is $130 now. 132, yeah. Ooh. So 
it put me in a in a really bad headspace because it just like made me feel like a screw up. And when I think about money specifically, it makes me feel that way. And so it just started and it's went in this downward spiral. And I don't think I would have come to self-harm, but I felt that trajectory mm-hmm. moving in that direction. So I just I reached out to a pocket of friends and I was just like, y'all just in a bad headspace right now. Please check on me in the morning. Um, I don't want to talk about it right now, but um, just I'm letting folks know, yeah. you know, my lights are flashing. So um, thankfully, like my sister, she woke up when I was like I was gathering the the change and the the dollar bills that I did have. And I'm just like, so you can get to work tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm putting it oh. in her book bag. And she heard me putting it in her book bag. And so she she woke up and I told her what happened. So she got out of bed and she was was walking back and forth through the house. And then she she knocked on my door. She's just like, don't beat yourself up. It's unfortunate that it happened. I'm not angry at you, but don't beat yourself up. And then I, I just ate my feelings with a bag of potato chips that I had left oh, over. Okay. But, you know, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, that just sort of helped me, you know, mm. collect my my mental faculties and yeah. get back in a positive trajectory. Yeah. But yeah. That's got to be tough. Oh, my goodness. I remember, you know, having four dollars to your name. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's already tough. And then you do something like lose the Metro card. So, like, for the people that don't live in New York, the Metro card is the thing that gets you on the subway, which allows you to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And already, JoJo is operating in a household where it's two grown adults having to try to figure that out. So, imagine, like, living in a city and you have a car. Well, yeah, and it's my... it's I, I... Treat it as a courtesy that my sister extends to me. So she's like, for the people that are listening, it's like she's lending you her car. Right. To go out. Yeah. That's that's a good way to put Mm. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's like I totaled her car on the way home. Yeah. (laughs) But luckily you don't have to buy a new car. It's just uh, just $130. Because Mm. she she bought it with her her with her credit card. She was able to process the Oh, she just said she lost. Oh, because when they get lost, you can. But that shit takes two weeks. It takes a minute. So annoying. But but thankfully, that was able to happen. Mm -hmm. And what? what, Yeah. So you're good now. Mm -hmm. I'm good now. Um, um, I feel a little queasy today (laughs) at this mic because I was stuck in an Uber on the way home from the good thing this morning. Mm -hmm. But like, do you know how? Like, I don't know why, but like Ubers lately. They all have those stupid, like those stupid little tree fresheners all over oh, the place lately. And I they don't, don't clean their car. It makes me nuts, right? Because I, it all, like one already makes me feel kind of ill. Right. But the car I got in on the way home was, there was three on every, by every window. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I just had these stupid little trees hanging by my face. They wanted it fresh. And it made me sick. And I still feel sick. Mm. I was on my way home from. A pro studio session this morning with my friend Justine Come on, once again, studio. and uh, worked with a new engineer this morning who's lovely. Ooh, um, turned out to be half Argentinian, which made me laugh. And I shared the story about the Argentinian mm-hmm. in in Timbaland's masterclass. Um, but yeah, if uh, you know, I'm I'm back in the swing of things. Um, money's coming back in, mm-hmm. so. There you go. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And how you do it, Jonathan? Do you have anything else to add? 
I mean, just keep on swimming is all I can say. Is just keep on going. Are you going? You going swimming again? Hopefully, are you going to go day. swimming with that gimbal? Oh, <laughs> I don't think it's waterproof, but yes, I bought a gimbal, and it's the first one I've ever owned, and I've always wanted one. I'm going to tell a story. So when before before you do that, can you explain for our audience what a gimbal is for so, those who don't know? Well, I've only just started calling it a gimbal. I always called it a stabilizer. Oh, yeah. So basically, it's a thing where you put your camera on it, and then you can twerk and do backflips and, like, run and sprint, and, like, the camera will remain absolutely still. So it allows you to accomplish, you know, good panning shots or just walking and capturing the subject. It just stabilizes the image, and that makes all the difference when you're trying to go for a professional and clean look. So... The first time I ever saw one of these things in real life was actually a mobile phone version, and it was Zach's. Oh, yeah. The one that I used mm-hmm. to use on my old job. Yeah. And I asked you how much it was, and you were like, it's $300. And I was like, oh, my God, that's way too much. I would never spend that much on a piece of equipment just to make the thing stay still. And then, because I've been doing so much, uh, well, not so much, but I've done two big projects for uh, clients in the PAO, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, um, I was able to save up the money to... Uh, comfortably say like okay well this is money that you know I just got whatever so I'll just right. spend it all on this thing and so I bought the uh, the gimbal and I did some tests and I put some Zelda orchestral music over it and people thought <laughs> it was, it was so a haunted fun. house yeah and- <laughs> walking around your apartment building <laughs> so there you go and they send me videos of Tales from the Crypt because apparently that's what I was remaking uh, no I'm it really- was it was the the color treatment. Yeah, in your building. <laughs> it was definitely the the low lights, and then I added a Lumetri filter over it, mm. and so it really like gave it a haunted feel. I was like, this could be scary if like a shadow ran be. through the area down there. Get out too. Get out. Dialed too. up the blues and the shadows. Ooh, oh yes, blue. Well, uh, color grade. On my own praise report, I went to the gym four out of five times <laughs> this week, including on, today. And, at the gym. and three of those days were cardio. And this all came about because last week we had Mary Martha on, mm-hmm. and Mary Martha and I <laughs> took a picture together. <laughs> yeah. And I saw that picture, and my face is gigantic. Oh, my God. No. no. And look, you're dismissing it, but this is my self-care. And this is my body mm-hmm. image. And I, I did an Instagram story, and I even said at the beginning of it, this is only from my perspective. So, you know, when people are like, oh, that skinny bitch is calling themselves fat. And, like, when we think about being sensitive towards people that are more heavy um, by not calling yourself fat, like, but still, this is still fat for me in that I've never been this big before. And I'm 34, so, like, by now it should be able to... I should have a standard of where I fall, right? So if I'm noticing that my face is bigger than ever, to me, and feel free to intervene, I'm open to criticism or whatever, but I felt very low and I went on a lot of rant. And people really checked in on me. Like, you checked in on me, Zach. Jolie has said something. Uh, I think Carlos said something in the group chat. But then all the people from Core Rhythm Fitness reached out and were like, what can we do? Like, what, like just talk to us or whatever and not even on some like come back to our $200 a month program but like (laughs) you know (laughs) they're actual friends so I was like you know this is how I'm feeling blah 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 so you know for me it's just like gotta when you know what you gotta do then do it and it's all it's all for the sake of your personal it's it's your body your relationship with your body nobody is allowed to tell you what that is so long as you're 
within a healthy boundary. Right. And not harming you yourself. Are. Right. Right. So yeah, like mm. fatness is relative. <laughs> I like the <laughs> <laughs> I need that on a shirt. Except I would probably get dragged for wearing it. <laughs> It's like, you know, everybody, like... I love that. <laughs> like, I can't stand it when, like, dudes who have been dehydrating for four days post on Instagram are just like, I feel fat. What the fuck fat. is that? It's, it's what... You what, don't drink water? So you can see the... The, the cuts. That's the how cuts. you die. That's but, what they do for bodybuilding. Yeah, mm. and they do it for bodybuilding and for fitness shots. Oh, yeah. well, so, they look stupid. Um, see, but... It's but, like, I hate you saying that... do, like, obvious thirst trapping... And they're and just then calling looking, themselves they're just fat, fishing for like, oh, feel bad for me. Mm. Um, but okay, I, want I mean, because, read my selfie. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I'm saying that, and people find me attractive, and they're like, oh, shut up. Like, really? Blah 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 blah. Who? I'm not acknowledging that. Who said but, that? Um, so I'm not acknowledging. I'm talking that. about people who aren't even who don't even have like a food baby. Right. Saying that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan, what I will say in terms of your journey is that the journey and the road can start at any point at any degree at any level but let me tell you about fentramine i no, said no, we're gonna stop because there. you are getting smaller than i am fentramine is i feel like we are we're gonna enabling stop each other <laughs> stop there because dysmorphia and this dysphoria. is not going to turn into an advertisement for hydroxycut <laughs> so not sponsored. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait. Uh, hi, I'm Brooke Shields for Fentramine. <laughs> she's the one with the Latisse eyelashes. Okay. And then at the end, she's like, Latisse may cause blindness. <laughs> <laughs> they, they name every damn thing in the They say diarrhea, cancer, cancer, blindness. Well, no, I feel you, Jonathan. Like, you know, I like this. I'm at the heaviest I've ever been at now. I think I'm like pushing close to 300 now. Mm. And um, it's. I have to think about how I feel in my body and that's all that's all people need to be worried about mm-hmm. like like people look at me and they they and I I feel like I'm overweight people will think say that I'm overweight or whatever or they won't and when I say I want to lose weight they're just like oh but you're beautiful and I'm just like well a thank you but b yes. don't do that <laughs> no if you tell me that you want to lose weight like if you actually said that to me, right. then I'll be like, okay, let's go. Like, right. do you like do do I need to help by lending? Like, do we need to find out where you get a membership? And then I'll go with you and walk on the treadmill or whatever. But you have not said that to me, so. But also the benefit with being larger in your youth, which we are all young, uh, is that if you're skinny and you're are fit, we- yes. <laughs> Some of us, yes. All of us, yes. Uh, if you're like r- super skinny and super cut, like when you're like 20, also if you're, then you. White, he pointed to <laughs> Then Everything goes downhill from yeah, there. Yeah, because <laughs> like, no, there's no, like, there's no fat content anywhere. So like your skin like creases and it like, mm-hmm. it, it gets damaged. But if you're bigger when you're younger and then you lose it like when you're 40, then you look great at 40. I would rather look great at 40 because oh, that, true. like mm-hmm. the high point of your career. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. That's what I hear all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't, so what are the 30s supposed to be? Because 20s are like the reckless time when you're just building. Oh, we it are up. 30. Yeah, we're 30. Goodness. 30. That's why I was asking Ooh. if some of us are still young. Yeah, that, we're all. So the next thing I want to talk about on my self-care slash uh, <laughs> check-in is that this week I saw two Broadway shows. Uh, both very highly regarded. One come from away, and one the band's visit. Now the band's visit beat once on this. Well, no, no, no. Band's visit got um, 
the um show of the year or whatever from the mm -hmm. best uh, new musical best musical mm. uh at the tonys last year mm -hmm. so for the longest i've been like okay well i need to see this and i need to see why it's so good basically it's just a musical about one group visiting another group like i'd never really got the sense like do egyptians not like israelis or <laughs> the other way around oh, i mean there was oh. a two wars okay you know that israel used to after one of the wars, uh, Israel took over Mount, like Sinai Peninsula. You do know the story of, of, of Moses, Moses right? Oh, it's oh, the Egypt. That's what that was? Wait, my question is come from away. Isn't that the one about the geese where Anna Paquin has to fly that no. little? No. What is that? No. She got to fly that little, no. come from away. That little contraption to no. Canada. <laughs> no. I have no idea what you're talking home. about. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking she about. She was like 12 years old. She got to those keys off. That's some white bullshit. Yeah, a quality movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, apparently I'm the only one who doesn't know what this is. But no, Come From Away was the, uh, it's a musical based on a true story of a whole, like 7,000 people uh -huh. that uh, got grounded in uh, Newf, Newf, somewhere up there, not Greenland and not Iceland, Newfoundland, uh -huh. uh, during 9-11 because all the airports got shut down. And so like in mid-flight, they all got diverted to this tiny town sure. all the way up there. And so it was really touching. Uh, okay. a, little, a little, It was very much like a all-American, like this is for tourists. It had this feel, like it just went through the motions, right? The beginning of it was about t 14 people on stage. Uh, mm -hmm. They're all acting as the passengers and the townspeople. Okay. So like the beginning is like, oh, we're the townspeople and we just got word that there was this horrible thing that happened in the United States and now all the planes are coming here and we've got to do what we got. Get on the phones. Anybody got blankets? We got to make shelters, blah, 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 blah. So it was like a lot of that. Okay. And then the people get there and they're from all over the world. And so it goes through these motions that tourists and people from mid-America would be like, oh, my God, applaud, applaud, applaud. Like they had to get the Muslim people together. And like there was a standoff between the Christians and then like they prayed together and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally some like self-serving like, mm. OK, can sure. we Can we build some, get some blankets and get some tents out for all of the refugees trying to come to America? Oh, right. Or so not. Nah. Right. So, um, so yeah, anyway, and then bands visit, yeah, uh, Egyptian band going to Israel and like one best musical. And I guess it's because like two groups of people that would not usually get along and it's a oh, beautiful story, yeah. beautiful story about a man and a woman and they kind of, I guess, fall in love or like at least they have a moment. Right. And then they all go their separate way. But I was like, why is it that like... People like really love that type of stuff, and it's like there there was the another reach well, across the aisle. These stories. reach across the aisle, or like these stories where like to to certain people it's so worthy of accolades, and then to me and like people who look like me, I'm like okay, so it was people that didn't like each other. Like it's a play about that. Like another example. That's every day of my life. Exactly. There's <laughs> another another play that came out a couple of years ago that I went to go see because people were raving about it. Was called The Humans. And mm -hmm. it was basically just about a family of white people that had problems. And I was like, 
Okay, so this girl groundbreaking. Has, you know, interestingly enough, that's why I couldn't watch the A list when it was on. What was it? Oh, Bravo? I stand for that. Back in the early 2010s. Oh my, I hated it. Oh, with Adrian Grenier or whatever. I don't. I don't know the fuck their. Names. I forgot their names, but I was not like, not living in New York and watching that shit. I was like, but wow. You see, maybe it's because I live in New York that I hated that show, but like my friends loved it. But I'm just like. I don't need to watch Bravo to watch white people have problems. For that, I could just go to Chelsea. And that's exactly who it was. It was Chelsea Gaze. <laughs> exactly. But but now having lived in New York and thinking back to when I stand that show, I'm like, who the fuck were these boys? Exactly. Like, mm. They were just other white gays in Chelsea. Exactly. If like if I wanted to watch this for free and more interesting, I could just go to the LGBT center. That's a good point. Oh my god, my seat just deflated. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about a lot of very important things. And if you thought that Jonathan seeing the band's visit was any indication, yes, we will be solving the Israeli-Arab conflict. Bye. Oh wait, we'll be right back. back and here we love to call this segment what the tea and we've got quite a list to go through quite today uh and you know we're gonna add a new rule to it if you just don't want to talk about it say pass and we'll go on because we're running kind of short on time actually we are. so jesse smollett pass all right uh <laughs> <laughs> because we haven't talked about him publicly. Like, Fuck if you yeah. go back two episodes for patrons only, we did the Grammy episode and we kind of got into a discussion about it. But mm-hmm. you'll have to pay $5 to hear that one. It's uh, worth it. But it's worth it. So um, next up, uh, The Us Movie by Jordan Peele comes out March 22nd. This will be Jordan Peele's horror follow-up to Get Out. It is not a sequel to Get Out, but it is his next movie. Ookie spooky. I don't have anything particular to say about it, but if y'all want to talk about it. All I'm going to say is that if you look, I did a whole, when the first trailer came out, um, I did a whole breakdown, like shot for shot and oh, like wow. you did in. a thread. Oh, that yeah, you did. It was featured in BET. So, um, wow. But other people have come up with even more serious theories mm-hmm. than that. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's March 22nd. We will not be on the air until after that time. So I will have seen it by then. And I will talk to you all about it then. Okay. All right, next on the list, Baby Fat is coming Jesus, back. Jesus, Lazarus, Baby Fat. There we go. <laughs> Kaloo, Kimura Lee Simmons. I, I can't front. I'm kind of excited that Same. Baby Fat is coming back. Like, high school memories, like dance class. What a time to be alive. You've got Jinko jeans. You've got... That's early 2000s, right? Carl Kanai. It's bad. <laughs> what is that material called? It's Denim. All velour. velour. Oh, I love a velour, velour track suit. suit. I remember... With the baby fat logo on the back. It's pink. all the time, me and my friends, we would always go after high school, we would go to uh, the mall and then we would go to Charlotte Russe and then I would just have to sit there while they all got velour track suits and I didn't get a velour <laughs> track suit. Like velour track suits were all the, the girls wore in my dance class in high school. It's all they wore. Comfy, approachable, breathe... Not really breathable. And but. it was just like, it was the one thing like... The white girls were wearing it. The Latin, the Latin girls were wearing it. Was it was the Motown the of fashion. It, it oh brought America together. Like, 
The, I remember sh- like we like one one semester in dance class, my my teacher pushed us and she was just like, Okay, I want you all to think about if you're doing a production, what costumes are you wearing? And literally oh, baby fat. three out of four like I was I was the one out of, of four groups, right? So three out of four were just like what, track velour track suits? And <laughs> you're like, like I'll wear my dance leotard. No, I was just, I, I handed in drawings. I was like, oh, you this is what we're wearing. Uh, what dance leotards? I was, Beyonce. Just, I was What kind of choreography do you think I was doing in high school? Look, Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce All right. What? Speaking of Beyonce, her sister <laughs> released an album last week. Oh, yes, she did. What now, was it called? Come, uh, when I Get Home. Yep. Solange um, Knowles. I, okay. So I first listen, hated it. Second listen, didn't get it third listen and after meditating and praying on it i realized it's not supposed to be an album of like big vocal or like approachable if hits because if not, not at all speaking you're screaming <laughs> it, and you know what i realized and I'll, and we could spend a whole episode a whole segment on it but what i realized is that you have to approach it like something that is super popular right now on youtube it's the lo-fi anime yeah. anime beats yeah. that's what it is it is not something to be like oh that's my song that i'm gonna sing along with it's this the for album. Sure. it's a vibe for yeah, sure vibe. but if i want to listen to lo-fi anime beats i'm gonna go listen to lo-fi anime but solange she, let her <laughs> yeah she she put her lo-fi anime beat and out now watch there. how many people are gonna do it next Absolutely, because as soon as she came out with that super narrative through line album, uh, Kalani, um, Janae Aiko, they're all trying to copy off Seat at the Table. My 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 thing is, is that like if you're going to ask me to sit through an album of that, at least give me a couple of songs. Yeah. Like a lot of it is just repeating the same thing over and, and like people are going to be like, you don't get neo soul music. I'm like. First of all, that don't, ain't come, don't come for me and Neo Soul. Right. I understand it's Neo, not soul. Neo Soul. It's not Neo Soul. Um, but but it, it was just some of the, it was missing the musicality that I wanted. She was flat in it a lot was of very, it. It was very experimental and I appreciate yeah. that a lot. But And people released experimental albums, though. Like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. why the standard is that you want big vocals. Not even big vocals. You just want one or two songs. She didn't want to put out one or two songs, so she didn't. But, like, this is her. So would it have been better if she Mm. didn't announce it and, like, she just said, here's my musical project instead? Yeah. Because to me, like, the only thing that I could compare this to is, like, a mainline Final Fantasy, right? Like, a mainline Final Fantasy should be, like, a full game and then, like, a side game should just be a side game. So this is like her side quest, her, her side album. That's what it So what is that in album like terms me. then? Because if uh, if an album is a mainline entry into an artist's catalog, then what is, she should have put out a mixtape or what? Yes. Oh, like Drake did. So it should have been mixtape level. That's, ex- that's ex- exactly what I would call it. Like it, it feels like a mixtape. Okay, yeah, it's like fair an interim. enough. It's like a Winter Olympics. Like I would exactly. It's not the, it's not the real. It's not what? the real Olympics. I would have, I would have so. approached it with a completely different real, mindset. Winter if it has was called a mixtape. Winter has uh, ice skating. Like the it does. Well, well, okay, for gays, it's still a real Olympics. Yeah. but for the uh, rest of the world, for non-white people, it's not really. Well, what I will say about Solange is that this album, even though I hated it at first, after I like really got into it, this album put her into my personal holy trinity of artists because now it is Kate Bush, 
Bjork, and Solange. Well, thank God a woman of color is in there. Bjork is a white woman of color. Yeah, she is. So, well, I there are others in the pantheon. Don't look at me like that. Like I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) But what I will say is that for me, Solange is this generation's Kate Bush. I think that they are both. Oh my God, Solange is Solange. How about that? Uh huh. All right. Like that. Speaking of Solange being Solange, I mean, oh, they're both since, flat. since we're <laughs> since we're in the realm of music, Jolie, you wanted to talk about this uh, really big deal. Oh my gosh! So um, about a month ago, this is actually for those of you who might be artists and songwriters out there, you know that for the past year, um, the Copyright Board of America has been working on updating the terms of of royalties how much royalties songwriters get paid by streaming services and from mechanical rights which is when your video gets used in videos and stuff like mm. your music gets used in videos those laws have not been updated in 110 years oh my did they even have oh shit what was going on 110, 110 years, years. that records 1909 yeah. yeah so um titanic ain't even saying so they passed a resolution well, they passed it's it's stronger than a resolution, but basically they're making it legally required that over the next 5 years um the amounts of money that streaming services and mechanical licensing pays increase by 44% in oh. order to catch up. And that's still under fair market mm. value for music. And so uh yesterday, Spotify, Amazon Google and Pandora filed an appeal mm. against it. And it basically feels like they're suing songwriters. Um, and if you follow, if you look at my Twitter, you'll, I'm going to share links about Fisk because like I'm so upset about it. And it's saying something when Apple isn't mm. filing an appeal. They're like, okay, mm. <laughs> we'll pay it. And um, and Jonathan earlier when I was when I was talking about this, you were asked, well, well, what about title? What are they saying? Titles in its own stew right now, because apparently they're having a they have that problem where they were inflating streaming numbers Mm. last year. And it looks like they might not have been paying all the royalties they should have been. Oh no. So they're in they're in a bit of a title. Hot, hot why? Bubble. Jay-Z. I can't even Jay. blame Jay-Z. Like this is this is just it's poor. Beyonce. And it, it looks bad on them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I blame Trump. Sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Fair. For Manafort fucking up. Fair. So, like, you know, if you have a Spotify subscription, um, I don't want to tell you to cancel, but consider it. Mm-hmm. If they don't, yet, oh yeah, you withdraw their appeal. Yeah, well, I have um, a Google Play one. That's ten dollars a month, but that gives me a lot of stuff. I have Apple Music. Apple Music is the one that isn't causing problems. The good one. Oh, oh look at me! <laughs> look at me on the <laughs> forefront of non non problematic. <laughs> also, I will say that the person that Solange replaced was Azalea Banks or my Trinity. Mm-hmm. So, oh, thank God. I still stand her though. <laughs> That's like Trump making his own problems and then solving them and you expecting him expecting us to applaud him, basically. Thank you. Also, we want to give a special. Well, I want to give. He, I'm 34. So this man has been a part of my life for literally my entire mm-hmm. life. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Trebek from Jeopardy 
announced that he has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, a household name a movement for yeah, all cry. of my life. It's I didn't cry, but I was just like, holy shit. But like he gave such a, you know, and I see, I don't, I want to, I don't want to say I see through because I've been in like horrible situations. A lot of us have all gone through stuff. Sometimes I can just feel, I, I don't like, I like his optimism. I like that. He's like, I'm going to fight it. And if you look at the stats, 20% of people live when they go through this, but 80% die, especially at this stage. Yeah. But he was like, I'm going to fight this. And I was like, oh, I heard a praise chord in the background when he said that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I don't know how you all feel. You said you cried, uh, mm -hmm. Zach. You know, even Pat Sajak and Vanna, well, not and Vanna White, but Pat Sajak tweeted, he was like some really nice mm -hmm. words, uh, you know, fight the good fight. And the, the Alex that I know would never bow to this or whatever. So it's just a... It's strange because I wrote about this in high school. Like I was like, we're all getting old. It was a, it was an essay, and I was like, what are we gonna do when Pat Sajak and Al Alex Trebek pass away? We will know that we're old. And my English teacher was like, I was grading your essay last night, drinking a glass of wine in bed, and I was like, this is deep. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> was like what's this going is deep. on? So yeah, uh, but just adding a little levity to a very serious issue. Uh, you can look up the things. Uh, the stats for pancreatic cancer yourself. Um, I just went through losing a friend to brain cancer, mm. and it was pretty much the same uh, likelihood that he would survive. He did not. Um, so it's, cancer sucks. Yeah, it my um, y'all know last year I went to uh, the funeral for my cousin's mm -hmm. husband, and then a few months ago his sister was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And it's just, it's horrible. So like, friends, please, if you have the ability, if you have insurance, I hate saying if you have insurance, uh, get yourself screened. If you catch that shit early or just make sure you're healthy, mm -hmm. just do it because it's, you might not be able to prevent it necessarily, but you can catch it early and you can do something about it. So keep yourselves healthy, folks. And we will be right back. This week, uh, I wanted to talk about something that has just been weighing on my mind. On your mind? You know, oftentimes on this QPOC Life, we discuss the issues of the day. We give you a little bit of radio drama, drama. complete with special effects, thanks to Ooh. Joe Lee. Uh, we bring you special guests. We have gone to celebrities and interviewed them in their dressing rooms. Mm. And we've even had deep discussions. Uh, and so this week, I wanted to open up a deep discussion about uh, the processing uh, of one marginalized group's experiences by a majority group, um, how the result is usually a hyper-realistic version of the truth, mm. laden with stereotypes and offensive assumptions, mm. how that shit is often lauded, mm. and then how mm. that marginalized group then responds 
to it and how we could all be more aware. Now, mm-hmm. I've been dealing with blackness being processed by white people and then the result being an over just a performative 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 blackness and then white people cheering that on and then that performance being elevated but we also know that this shit has happened with vogue mm-hmm. um you know that was processed through a white lens and then it was elevated and we still have ballroom community i'm part of the facebook group thanks to rafi like i'm in there watching people like tear down not tear down but like very rightfully so and justifiably so criticize YouTube videos of young kids, white kids trying to teach people how to Vogue and like Mm -hmm. just being in a marginalized community and seeing your baby or seeing like your life being taken away or processed by someone who doesn't know shit about it and then having their contemporaries Mm -hmm. laud and give accolades to that thing. Yeah, it's just weighing on my mind. I mean, it's a problem. We yeah. have, and you know, I've been on a kick lately of like intersectionality versus a coin. I'm coining the term now, y'all. I've Googled it. Nobody has used it in any journals or any online hashtags or anything. Junctionality. Junctionality. Okay. Now think about intersections. Intersections are two roads that cross. And when we talk about what's at the intersection, we're talking about what does this person, what is this person's life and their path intersecting with someone else's life? That's the intersection. But to me, an intersection only lasts, you only sit there long enough to be at the red light and then you cross over and you go on with your business. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the idea of when we talk about intersectionality now, it's like, okay, we're two different people. Okay. We've come together and we're sharing ideas, but eventually we're going to go back to our own house. Whereas a junction, if you drive But, you know, when you think about a junction, like on a freeway or anywhere else, it's two different roads, just Mm -hmm. like in an intersection, but they come together and what? Move forward together. So that- Or like Broadway Junction in Brooklyn where all the trains come together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I'm just thinking like along the lines of this thing that I just described about processing and all that, that needs to be at the forefront of the conversation. And it's not just about music. It's not just about dancing. It's about everything. And how do we come together and move forward without understanding this very Mm. key concept about you, not you, but general you, um, not taking my shit and bringing it back to your friends in a fucked up manner and then thinking that that's right. And this is different from the conversation of appropriation. Right. It's totally not even appropriation. Or is it? Do you? Well, I think that there's shades of it. I think that they're, they're parallel convergent parallels well uh, J- jonathan i think I, I i don't necessarily know this isn't an answer but but looking at the the creation of intellectual property and content and movements and culture when looking at the ballroom scene when it did catch on with i'm not going to say mainstream because i'm just going to say like the white wealthier groups that are picking it up and then all these kids doing it in like Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Like it is heartbreaking because those people who created that stuff, who lived with nothing, continue for the most part to live with nothing and they aren't making money off of it. And they are having their ideas taken 
profited upon and then they receive minimal to to no funds from it and this has happened forever and it and it sucks and there should be a way to stop that we were talking earlier about these women who develop these hashtags and these movements do not get the accolades and the leadership opportunities that they should be given you know the fact that Centoya Brown not Centoya Brown I am so sorry edit there Centoya Brown was the little girl who was a sex worker mm-hmm. and who was like in the jail for us for her life. Right. Uh, but um, who was the founder of Me Too? Tarana Burke. Tarana Burke. Why did I think Centoya Brown? <clears throat> but like Tarana Burke wasn't on the cover of the fucking like uh, Time magazine mm-hmm. that was about her movement. Mm-hmm. Instead, you had Taylor Swift and Ashley Judd or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that it's not a solution to the problem, but it's something that I think that some people can hold in their heart. Just know that everything that you create, that if it gets, that if other people just take your culture, you're still making more culture. You are always at the forefront because you are more creative and more intelligent and you fight for everything so much harder. And these people are losers who are just riding at the edge of the, the peaks of the waves that you're already making. And yes, they're making more money off of it. Yeah, I was going to say, nah, fuck that shit. Because this well, is like my aunt telling, like whenever I got into a fight with my cousins, mm-hmm. she'd be like, ah, just don't pay them any money. They're just jealous. Like, no, there are real lasting complications and repercussions. And financial ones, yeah. Financial ones that have to deal with, I'm not just going to say white people. In the, in the case of Vogue, white people. In the case of music, white people. Um, but like... You know, there. I'm just gonna say marginalized communities versus majority sure. communities. There are real and lasting effects of people not only disenfranchising the uh, groups that create this thing, mm-hmm. but then bastardizing their work mm. and lowering the standard and putting the lowering the bar until it's underground. Um, mm. And then when the marginalized groups push back. Then you've got majority saying, shut up. Like, who made you the ruler of this thing? I think it's good. Mm. Right. So for me, especially, I'm in a very, a very, uh, I won't say sensitive, but um, I'm in a very something place right now regarding black culture and it being processed by white white people and white people supporting that thing and giving it accolades and wooing it and all this stuff. And I'm mm. and I'm the only one sitting here like, what the fuck? Looking around like, y'all are, you all like this? Like, so. Because to them it looks like talent. Right. And mm. part of that is the conditioning of black people being the talented ones, having the creative gifts and um, aspiring to be talented like black people which Mm -hmm. results into like you know the idea of you know singing with your inner black woman which is utterly ridiculous Mm -hmm. um and um when we think about processing the experiences of marginalized groups versus majority groups right how people who like you know using music as a context um People who do the effective 
you know, black singing, right? Not understanding where that comes from and not understanding like the, the cultural influence of gospel music in soulful singing. Mm-hmm. The um the culture like the the music cultures that we've invented. Right. Right. And where that all comes from and the and and having that very specific style of singing and not understanding where that comes from. And so when it comes time for somebody to perform that who belongs to a majority group, they they don't understand the the nuance mm-hmm. and and the 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 idiosyncrasies. Right. Of, and it's just of, mimicry. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's not coming from an honest place. It's not coming from um it's it's inauthentic. Yeah. And and that's what I've told people. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone very recently and um I brought a, a being in this space that I've mentioned um and there's a very specific example uh which I'm not going to I'm not naming names and I'm not saying where this is from, but I was talking to somebody else who's a part of that same majority group and I mentioned that the example that was given was like a growl and it was so disingenuous. And this other person asked me, like, wait, like, what is black about a growl? Basically, they're like, or they didn't say that, but they were like, is a growl off limits? Like, why can, why shouldn't anybody be allowed to growl? And then the conversation spawned into like, comparing, like, looking at different artists throughout their careers and how, and I brought up Christina Aguilera when she went through her dirty phase. And Mm. I said dirty phase, and this person didn't understand what I meant. And I was like, She literally had an album called Dirty. No, Stripped. Stripped. It was called mm-hmm. Stripped. But she, she looked dirty. The dirty. dirty. She had the song called And dirty. then how she turned around and then became white again. Or Miley Cyrus when she she took twerking, which had been around for literally hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and then made a thing out of it and then decided to clean up her act, right, and, and throw away hip-hop a couple years ago. Or mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. who produced an album that I listened to all of winter 2020, uh, 2012, the album was 2020, mm-hmm. but then decided to make Man in the Woods. So like mm-hmm. being able to like use blackness and then take it off when you need to, yeah. When you need to. So like that's in the same vein of this conversation. Well, like so like you know if we're using like specific like you know the, the growl like you know I've seen lots of of you know white people just using you know we're just going to talk about white people here um singing and using a growl but they understand the context of the music and but I can spot a fake growl. Exactly. Like when it's meant, when, like you can tell when somebody's doing the most. Right. And some people love that shit, right? Because, a lot of people love that shit, because, apparently. Because people people see it as being campy. And I'm like, no, they see being, it as being, bla- as being bold and black. Right. But, but like, you know, that's how they interpret camp. And that's, that's how, that's sort of what the modern definition of being campy is turning into. Because you think about folks like Cardi B, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and even Ariana now, and how how they do this over the top um, dressing and behavior, especially Nicki and Cardi, and it's what camp looks like through our contemporary lens, mm. right? Call Susan Sontag. We got the new camp. <laughs> so, um, like, camp doesn't look like. Judy Garland anymore. It doesn't look like Cher anymore. So 
now what's happening is that all of that's getting funneled through. I'm getting lost in this conversation because campy well, to me means like funny, like not even funny, but almost self-deprecating. There's an element of humor to that. I I, 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 look, I look at those people that have just been mentioned and I think capitalism and I think uh, uh, richness and I think that, but I don't think campy. But they're like, I, I don't want to say that they're clowns, but they are, there is an element of performativeness to their very they are characters. Okay. Um, and I, I think that that like Jojo's point about this new version of camp now that we're really thinking about it, like I encourage everyone to read the book elements of camp or notes on camp by Susan Sontag. It was from the seventies, but it still is like, you can apply all of these like visual and characterization things that you see now with Cardi and mm -hmm. with uh, Nikki. What I will say about growling for me, a growl and I'm assuming it's like the in a song mm -hmm. like that growl thing for me I I use that but it's not called a growl where I'm from we call it squalls mm -hmm. and a squall is used like when that that is a, a language that you use when you are getting to the part in a song when, when you are very mad about something or you or you need to get someone at the at the other end of the room because you are about to say something that is so important and they don't they're they're not there with you yet um so so for me like that uh that phrase is used for being upset being mad commanding attention um or when you're just overwrought with like uh like an emotion yeah and um I will do it in a song for those reasons, but also because when I do get to those moments of all of those emotions, I default to that because it's easier for me to squall into a note. But there's a reason that you're doing it. Sure. And if... Yeah. So, well, I, so I, I can spot when... If you're just singing a, a, a basic-ass phrase... And you're just like... I'm like, wait, where the fuck did that come from? Why are you doing that? <laughs> okay, now I see what you're saying. I think it comes down to that idea of of being performative about yeah. it. Where like you're imagining, like you know, like we've got when we think about our our next show for the PAO, mm -hmm. right? I I have a Beyonce solo, and Beyonce like, what? Beyonce what? <laughs> um, so you know, people are like when I when I was. The first couple of times I, I sang through the solo, people expected me to sing it more like Beyonce. And I'm like, why would I do that? I'm not Beyonce. I'm not trying to be Beyonce. And Beyonce does what Beyonce does. Right. And I love her, but I'm allowed to make different choices. Right. Apples and oranges. Right. So, yeah. um, but f for for most people, most most singers, when they get handed an opportunity like that. They're not thinking about, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to funnel this through what I do and how I like to do it? Because they're not creative enough most, to Most think singers about. at a certain level. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we're talking like Broadway backwards or anybody no, that's invited about, to sing well, at something like cast, that. If we're talking yeah. about people who get paid to sing. Right. No. They put their own spin. <laughs> they know to put others but the things, pay to but, sing. Right. But people at the community level should also be of the mind of putting their own spin on things. But that's not always but they the case. Don't. But they don't. 
That's usually never the case. And or when they do, it's performative blackness. Well, on the side, side note, I also would just like to say there are two kinds of singers in this world. The ones who hate autotune and the one who get paid. Oh. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> I think another like element of the performativeness is like when I see people, and, and I apologize for constantly bringing it back to the mu- music or terms I understand because I don't I don't know all of them but uh, it's when people will start waving their hand oh when the they wave Jesus their hands fingers and all this and they try to do that Mariah thing mm-hmm. and because they're they're performing it and they think that it's either funny stupid or they're thinking oh well that's how Mariah sings so I do that so that way like it'll right. give the full effect when in reality that's it's, Mariah's technical way of yeah, p- picking out the notes for yeah exactly exactly like, like it actually serves a purpose exactly it is it is her it's a physically <laughs> physically being able to delineate where her vocal, vocal cords, cords are going to move yeah and like because we when we say that we play when people are like are you a musician yes what instrument do you play the voice like you can't you can sit at a piano and play a scale but mm-hmm. you really can't so mariah has developed a way to like air piano her vocal cords right yeah it it is a crutch and it I mean, it worked. For it's a, a it's a working crutch, so, <laughs> right? It, yeah, it no, worked exactly. for her. It's 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 um, oh gosh, what's that? What's that word for it? Prosthetic? Uh, no. Shoot, never mind. It's some sort of psychosomatic thing, or not psychosomatic. Sort of, but oh, like, well, you know, too, it's, it's when a, they put the finger in the ear. It's like, oh god, you that. do not know why you're doing that. Mariah, you don't need Ca- to. Mariah Carey does that because. Where her voice is and when she's hitting those whistle she notes, can feel the it's vibrating in her skull. So when she's closing her ear, she's not listening to it outside. She's literally listening to it resonate it, in her brain. It's also it's also a very technical thing too when you're considering about all the moving parts on a stage and in ear monitors because like mm-hmm. sometimes they're too loud and you need to be able to hear it in a particular okay, way. Okay, but when soft. someone with no credibility pulls out their yeah, thing and, like this, like yeah, oh, and, and they always like, take out that thing. It's, it's like, like and then they sing flat, and I'm always just. Like I sit there, I because I see so many like wanna wannabes out there. Sorry, do that, and I'm just and then they sing it terribly afterward. I'm just like you they think just, that they look you so like kept your monitor just, in. You should have kept it in. <laughs> the o- you know the only in. person I've seen do that who can st- Jesse J. Beyonce yeah. does it too. Though. I saw yeah, true when when they take it out and I was like, oh, you're fine, girl. Mm-hmm. You got this. Anyway, that's the go- I think that's a conversation for. That's it. I'm glad we had this was cathartic for me, especially Wait, in this there time. Was one mm-hmm. more thing I did want to say though. Oh, what? Sorry. Because um, before I started, we started talking about people putting their finger in their finger ear. In the ear, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I do oh. that. I do that in rehearsal sometimes because I just want to oh, be able to hear if I'm on the note. Yeah, either like putting the finger or like cupping, so that way you it goes right back into. Yeah, I do. I do. So well, when yeah, I do this, I need to, to be able to hear myself. Because yeah. when you're singing with with almost 300 other people, it's hard to hear yourself sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> um, I've resorted to buying an app on my phone, and it'll tell you what picture. So I'm mm-hmm. holding my phone up, and it's like, okay, it's a D natural. Okay, that's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I did that all for the holiday concert. Sometimes I'll use um I use mm-hmm. my phone as a cueing system so I could hear what I'm singing. Mm-hmm. So so many times. And I think we all need to be aware of this, and it's not just necessarily majority over minority, but we we behave in a way that we think of other cultures behave. Like, you know, when we were kids, you know, being the next karate kid, right? Mm-hmm. We all would lift our hands in the air. The crane mm-hmm. kick. The crane kick and be like, whoa! 
like you know that's yeah. not that's not actually okay for everybody yeah. to do um and we we all have to be cognizant of when we do things like that that borrow from other people's experiences and we're we're tone deaf about it literally and i think that's what it comes down to Ooh, t- literally t- tone deafness mm. t- roll credits because that's the name of the episode mm. tone deaf we'll be right back <laughs> and it's time to wrap it is all right everybody so that's that for this week i'm glad that you all were able to come and sit with us remember you know um we're waiting for your viewer mail. i want to answer another uh yes. a listener mail question so I, somebody out there send an email you may want the emails but i want people to go to that damn link and vote oh, right. for us vote for the for people's the choice thing. award yes yes because yes. the brick art. I want to make the speech. And I, I want need everybody to win to Miss Congeniality. Yes. Yep. I'm well, preparing it now. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't be like uh, Miss Coleman and get up there and not have a speech ready because. Oh, if you get ready, you don't have to. You don't have to stay ready. Stay ready. You Wait, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You fucked it up. God damn it. My, my, my. How the dinner turntables. Bag. It is. <laughs> the I know t- fact that a woman do carry a dinner, a dinner bag, bag at evening, evening time. time. Well, I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Jonathan. <laughs> I'm Joey. And this is. This Cupac Life. Come on, bass. This Cupac Life. This Cupac Life This Cupac Life This Cupac Life This episode of This Cupac Life was recorded at Brick Arts Media in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Edited by Joe Lee. Remember, you can talk to us at This Cupac Life on social media and on our website, www.thiscupac.life. You can also send us an email using ask at thiscupac.life. If you enjoyed this show, please share us with your friends and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Thank you for being a part of This Cupac family. Also vote for us. Who sent me a grinder notification? Vote. Who said that? I didn't even open grinder. Did they tap or did they...